Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Hello, take a seat, my good friends. Hope you're going well this morning. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm so glad I'm sitting next to you. And why don't you turn to the other person and say, I'm so glad you didn't go down to Margaret River this long weekend. I'm excited to preach with you guys, preach to you guys this morning. Um, but first, I just really want to thank and honor our incredible campus pastors, Pastor Nicole and Steve. Yeah, give it up for them. Um, continually just blown away from you guys just leading the way and I thank you so much for your sacrifice and everything that you do building this church and building us up and so you guys are amazing we love you so much I'm gonna give it up for Pastor Nicole and Steve again I want to encourage you guys if you weren't here last week or even if you were um, Pastor Eden came and preached an amazing word position to proclaim it was crazy um, and it really ties well into my message this morning as well so please I encourage you to jump on that podcast and have a read but this morning message title is success in the seed and there was one time uh, my mate Tasman and I we were in year eight and uh, we were learning to cook and that was an interesting time indeed and uh, so Taz and I, we just had a really long day at school. We were over it. We are absolutely knackered. But we had this last cooking class at the end of the period. And we were just ready to go home, play our Xboxes and, and play Halo for the rest of the night. And who needs study, right? No, I'm joking, kids. Do study. So anyway, we were tasked to make hamburgers, right? They're a lot better than the hamburgers that are happening next week, am I right? And anyway, so... <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Hear me out. So, anyway, we were tasked to make hamburgers, and um, our teacher, she gave us all the ingredients. De- Sean's just giving me evils right now. So, <laughs> so we were tasked to do that. She gave us an ingredients list, gave us all the equipment, um, and she gave us a method, a description, and how we should do that. And so anyway, Taz and I, we went, got the ingredients, brought them back to our kitchen, and we got all our equipment ready, and we said to ourselves, how hard would it be to make hamburgers? Surely it would be easy. And so we threw away the instructions. We threw away the method. And here we went. We put all the mince in a bowl, cracked an egg, chopped up some onion, shoved it in when we were meant to fry it and then put it on the, on the patty afterwards. We grabbed the olive oil and massaged it in the mince. We thought it will make it nice and tender and juicy. But really we were meant to use that to cook the meat with. And so anyway, we grabbed all the ingredients and we threw it in the bowl and fried it all up. I tell you what, burgers next week are going to taste so much better than what we made. And I tell you what, we did not pass cooking class that day. You know, in life, we need to know what we are cooking. We need to know the recipe before we start. And, you know, we want that person that we're cooking for to love that food. But if we don't cook it right, it puts a bad taste in their mouth. 
And, you know, we have this stirring in us, a responsibility, a mantle of carrying Jesus's love. And I'm so grateful and blown away what Jesus did dying on that cross, that we can have this life, that we can be free from sin. And we're so privileged to share that with others and to step into that. But Stephen Furtick says this, we live in a world that wants to harvest before we plow. Sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. Sometimes we want to grab what is easily given to us and run with it, to share it with others, which the determination is awesome. But we need to be wary that we aren't missing the method, that we aren't missing anything that God wants to tell us. Because this isn't a hamburger we are affecting, but this is people's lives, people's eternities. And so, you know, God is wanting to continually sow into us that saving us from sin wasn't the only thing that he came and did, but he wants to continually sow into us. Matthew 4.4 says, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so this morning, I want to encourage us again that Jesus comes to give us life and life to the full. And that the word of God is seed, that we need to live on the word of God and that there is success in the seed this morning, that the word of God wants to grow us, wants to open us to this life to the full. And there's this seed that is in us that we can take up, that we can work towards the flourish and be successful in our Christian walk. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be contempt, equipped for every good work. And so we must be trained. We must be taught. We must produce seeds so that we may be able to sow into others. And this morning, I'd love to open the Bible. Good place to go when you're preaching on the Word. Um, yeah. And so we're going to be reading out of Matthew 13, 1 to 13. Um, and so you can join with me in your Bible or check out the screens behind me. And this is an amazing picture of the seed. It's a, commonly known as the parable of the sower. And this is where Jesus is speaking to thousands of people in a boat along the shore, shoreline of Galilee. Some people might want to call it aqua preaching. But anyway, let's read that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprung up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then the disciples came to, and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered to them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For to the one who has more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. 
This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. My first point this morning is prepare the soil. Can you say prepare the soil? Oh, beautiful. That was a great response. Give yourself a round of applause. Oh, my gosh. You guys should come out here and preach. Um, we can see in this scripture, we, have, we can have four responses. We can have this word of God. We can place the seed on a path, a surface level understanding. We can place it on rocky ground, not deep within us. We can place it amongst the thorns or we can place it on good soil. When I first gave my life to Jesus, God spoke to me in Scripture, in Matthew as well, and it said, You are the light of the world, a light that cannot be hidden. It couldn't, shouldn't be put under a stand, but put on a stand for all, ha- all that in the house to see. And from all the excitement of, you know, accepting Jesus in my life and all the crazy, energetic teenager I was, I was like, Me, God? You want me to be a light? And so here I went. I, I, I was like, I'm going to go get this. I'm going to jump in and do what I can. And so I, I started a, a youth, sorry, I started a prayer group uh, in my school. I grabbed a whole bunch of year eight kids and uh, I Google searched a couple of things on, on, on Google. Like, how, what do you talk about being a Christian? And this thing called Grace came up, right? And a, a video came up because, you know, reading, I can't, yeah, not great. Um, and I quickly wrote a couple notes down, right? Jesus is love, cross, happiness, grace isn't a person. Okay, good to know. And here I went in front of a couple of year eight kids who majority of them have been growing up in a Christian home and I get, okay guys, well, grace, it's not a person. But Jesus is love. And here I went going off teaching them what grace was from a couple of notes. Anyway, after I explained what grace was or what it wasn't, a kid put up his hand. He said, excuse me, I don't think that's what grace means. And so quickly it came apparent to me that, yes, God had called me to be a light, but I didn't fully understand that grace that was outworking in my life. I didn't know how to be that light. I grabbed what was easily given to me and I jumped in. You know, we read that the disciples asked Jesus, why do you speak to them in parables? And, you know, Jesus speaks to them in parables because it has to be a choice to seek him. Because when you study the word and you work it out for yourself, a revelation comes alive, that it's personal. It's not just words, but it's God speaking to us. And so you need to make a choice to seek understanding in the word of God, to have an unwavering curiosity of digging deeper that reveals more and more of what God has planned for you, that reveals more and more what God wants to do in your life. Matthew 13, 44 says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure in a hidden field, which a man found it and covered it up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. You know, the Bible describes the kingdom of heaven is like a rain, a redeeming and saving rain over our lives. And that we can take a hold of this, that we need to, like the scripture says, throw everything aside and out of joy, invest all we can, grabbing a hold of that seed, grabbing a hold of that kingdom of heaven that is found in the word of God. And let's not just place a limit on the taste of the kingdom, but let's prioritize, let's hunger and dive into the mystery and majesty of the word of God. 
T.D. Jakes says, you cannot be a big person with a small heart. So you open your heart to be filled. Prepare the soil of your heart. Allow the Word of God to go into good soil by reading His Word. That this morning there is a seed that God wants to sow into your life, but we need to go deeper. We need to listen. We need to see, and we need to understand. That even here on a Sunday, that we can take these messages, that we can apply these to our lives, that we can take time in our weeks to, to read and meditate on the Word of God, letting it grow within us to get a greater understanding, to have the Word deeply rooted into our lives. Because it tells us if we place the seed on a path, that the Word of God is designed to build us. And if it isn't built deep into our spirit, the enemy comes and snatches that from us. That there are things in this world that don't want us to succeed in life, to take us away from that life to the full that Jesus has for us. But... If we take this divine teaching of the word and place it in our hearts, there's an unveiling of truth of Christ's kingdom in our life. But not only that, a strengthening within us. The Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That the Word of God separates worldly and sinful things in our life to replace it with successful seed. That Ephesians tells us that the Word of God is a sword to protect and defend our faith. That we can use the Word of God to declare over circumstances. So they're like, in Scripture, when the sun comes up, when the heat is on, that we don't wither away. Because our seed, this word, is not placed on rocky ground. It is placed in good soil where we go strength to strength. I'm reading a book at the moment called Think of These Things by a guy called John C. Maxwell. And in one of the devotions, it shares a story about a man by the name of Mr. Pipkin. Can you say Mr. Pipkin? Oh, nice. In the high-pitched voice and everything. Oh, what a morning. So Mr. Pipkin, he was tasked to find a solution how to frost light bulbs from the inside. Yeah. And all the other engineers believed it wasn't possible. It was a joke. But the heat was on for Mr. Pipkin. He had a job to do. And the words of discouragement flew at him left, right, and center. But he took this opportunity. He used what was taught. He used what was rooted deep within him. And he found a way. The book says this. This discovery actually strengthened each bulb. Fortunately, no one had convinced Mr. Pipkin that it couldn't be done. So he did it. Too often the reverse is true. As we travel along the road of life, many negative seeds are planted in our minds until we often stop short of what we can do for God, for others, and ourselves. But we can use the word that we can overcome because the Bible says, I'm a child of God. I am greatly loved. I am strong in the Lord. That the word of God says you can do it. For me, I struggled with a lot of self-doubt a while back, and I still do occasionally wrestle with that. You know, we're all human. I thought I was never good enough. I didn't think I could achieve anything. I thought I would fail and never get anywhere. I thought that I was dumb. I thought I was a failure. A lot of negative seeds were placed in my life from others. 
But God showed me again and again that scripture, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I write this on my arm to remind me that through Christ's strength, I would prove the world wrong, that I'm not dumb, that I'm not a failure, that I will achieve greatness and I would lift the name of Jesus in everything that I do. Even Jesus came against opposition like Mr. Pipkin. Probably not as bad. as in like Jesus, yeah, you know. Some of those people were people who believed in the word of God. And the Bible refers to them as Pharisees. They read the word. They believed in God. However, they only heard so much. They started to play superstitious into the picture. They relied on rules and regulations, stuck to theology and missed out on love. They didn't go deeper. They disqualified Jesus from the prophecies of the Messiah to come in the Old Testament. They didn't listen. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. They didn't see Jesus healed the sick, raised people from the dead. They didn't understand that Jesus Christ died on a cross, that we would know his love. They missed Christ's heartbeat. You know, we can get caught up in the religiosity and theology of what Christianity is. But without love, it means nothing. Without Jesus, it's merely but words. You know, this describes the seeds that are planted within the thorns. Worldly concepts, worldly understanding, choking godly given meaning. They thought there was no way that Jesus could come and save us from our sins. That worldly limitations were placed on a limitless God. And we are so blessed to have a multi-generational church. So blessed that you know, every generation wants to sow and, and invest into the younger ones and to the people next to us. And even the other day, uh, Rex and I were out in the bouncy castle testing it, doing a risk assessment, <laughs> jumping around. It was great, wasn't it, Rex? <laughs> but it's guys like Rex that takes the time, amazing wise, wise counsel around us to make sure that we're not missing Christ's heartbeat. So I encourage you today, when you're reading, or even just while you're doing life, get a hold of the wise counsel, the experience that's amongst us. Ask what something means in the Bible. Ask for help. And then the scripture said, seeds fell on good soil and produced grain. Some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. This is what we want. This is what we want. You know, when we are reading, prayer is so important. That we ask Jesus, Jesus, what do you want to tell me? The Bible isn't just what we should and shouldn't do, but communication with God, with direct dialogue from Jesus that is relevant today, tomorrow, and the end of your days. That the word of God is a lamp to my feet, the Bible says, that guides us throughout life. It's not just a to-do checklist, but we can seek Jesus, experience the Holy Spirit, even through the word of God. Louis Giglio says, If only we knew what was happening when we pray, we would never cease to pray. Yeah. So let's be intentional about reading the Word. That the Word of God is seed that can be invested into our hearts to be successful. But let's not keep this to ourselves either. That we have seed that we receive and we have seed that we give. And that's my next point this morning. Sow that seed. 
Philippians 4, 8, 9 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, these are the things that we want to sow. That we are a reflection of Christ, of the gospel. That we are a reflection of what seeds have been sown into our life. But like a flower spreading its seeds, it first needs to grow before it can produce seed. And that the bigger the flower, the more seeds it produces. Which is why it's so important to get that first point right. Having good soil, having good seed. Mark 4, 26 The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. We have an incredible role in spreading that seed of the kingdom of God, growing into others, and seeing his amazing work done through us. In the Old Testament, uh, there's a great example of, of some good sowers, Elisha and Elijah, prophets that we read about in Kings. Um, and we read that Elisha was learning from Elijah how to become a leader, how to become a prophet. Um, and we see that God designed this gig, designed this job description of being a prophet, not an easy one. That a prophet is giving out all the time, is continually wanting to grow others, to allow God to use them to do miracles and wonders and spreading the good seed. We also need to be like the prophets Elijah and Elisha. Sowing willingly. You know, sowing can be inconvenient at times. And during the time of Elijah and Elisha, it was terrible timing. Elijah was trying to restore Israel, but people did not want him there. People did not want him restoring it. They wanted to get rid of him. But regardless, Elisha, he saw the importance. He left his mother and father, his normal way of life, his comfort zone, and he stepped out to jump in of the calling of helping Elijah to restore Israel. He willingly obeyed God. So what can you do? What can you do that God has placed in you? Maybe you need to step out of your comfort zone. Maybe it's serving in church today. Maybe you are serving at the moment or sowing into others. Can I encourage you that sowing is seasonally? that Elijah made Elisha his successor and anointed him to carry the mantle of being a prophet. And just like Elijah, your mantle will one day need to be taken up so that you can continue going strength to strength, sowing into others at a higher capacity. Like being a parent, you teach your children all you know, and one day they maybe will become a parent. Or at work, maybe you're the head technician and you teach your apprentice all he knows and that one day he would become the head technician and you would be the CEO with millions of dollars sitting in on a beach in the Caribbean, am I right? <laughs> who is that next person who you could call to be doing what you are doing right now? Elijah asked Elisha just before he gave him this title of being the next prophet. If you could have anything, what would it be? He said, double portion of your spirit. Elisha could have asked for anything. He could have had an unlimited amount of Sean and Yanni's burgers. 
He could have had unlimited amount of cars and money, but he said, I want more of God in me. I want what you have, Elijah. You know, we're so privileged to have this opportunity of building others and fostering God's kingdom and the word of God in other people's lives. You might not expect it, but you are a role model, that people are looking up to you, that people want to learn from you. But let's be the teachers. Let's step out. Let's speak words of encouragement. Let's catch up with people and and build them up and pray for someone today. I believe that this is early days for our church, that 20 years down the track that we would be raring to go, that we would be strong and we'd not, we'd not wither away, that we would have generation after generation of leaders, but the ball is in our court, church. What we do now makes that a reality. So throw your best seed. Don't be afraid to dig deeper. Don't be afraid to give your all. If you teach with depth and teach with truth, it builds foundation. It builds a steadfast faith. You know, when I'm saying these things, I'm not just referring to someone who runs a connect group or speaks on a mic, but every aspect, whether you serve on the ushering team or while you're at work or speaking to someone in the street. You know, my very first team was a part of the youth lighting team. And my boss, my mentor was Joel Rodman, who's here today. And if you know Joel, he's a guy who gives his all. Joel invested into me. He encouraged me and taught me how I could do lights. He would spend weekends and late nights up to 2 a.m. programming lights and teaching me how to do stuff. But not only that, there were moments where he would encourage and inspire me through his willingness to give his best and taking opportunities to sow into me. And that through his willingness to give his best and taking opportunities to do that, that built my faith, that built my understanding of God. And then I myself, he trusted me to take that team over and God did incredible, te- incredible things through the lives of people who served in that. From what was given to me, I gave my best as well. And so this morning, don't underestimate what you do. We can easily get caught in the habit of going through the motions, being an easy, mediocre Christian. But don't underestimate the power of the seed. Take every opportunity to give your all, that lives and eternities are being changed forever, that lost people are finding a purpose, that broken people are becoming whole. It's the quality of what we sow is the quality of what we reap. Could I please have the band up? Thanks. Whether you are the person who works behind the scenes or up the front, in everything there is an opportunity to sow, to see the same success in others from hearing God that was first spoken to us. Church, there is a new seed that God wants to sow into you. Believe that you are called. Believe that today is a turning point for the Word of God to come alive in you. That God is equipping you for something greater. That God is equipping us, the church, to see generation after generation in the house reading the Word. That our Word would not be snatched. That our Word would not be scorched. That our Word would not be choked, but our Word would be placed in good soil. Let's pray this morning, church. Why don't you bow your hands, close, bow, your, bow your heads and close your eyes. Father God, we thank you that you love us. We thank you for your word, that we can step into the plans that you have with us with strength and wisdom. 
We pray this morning, Jesus, that we would have good soil, that your love for us would be sown into our hearts, that through every season that you would be where our hope comes from. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.